Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And I'm really excited about today's topic. We're diving into how to create a mission-driven e-commerce business and what that means both for the impact of your company, but also your marketing and your messaging and your growth. And so uh, I have on the show today an expert in this topic. He's hailing from one of my favorite cities uh, in the world, Brooklyn, New York. Awesome place. Hey, e-commerce evolution listeners, Brett Curry here. I have a really cool announcement and an invite just for you. In February, OMG Commerce is hosting an exclusive invite-only event at the Google and YouTube offices in Los Angeles. Now, if you've never experienced a Google office, they really do live up to the hype. And the Google offices in LA are some of the most unique around. More on the venue in a minute, First, let me give you the scoop on the event itself. It's called YouTube Ads for E-Commerce, Building Full Funnel Growth with YouTube Ads. I'll be speaking at this event, sharing some of our best YouTube ad strategies, some of our most successful YouTube ad templates, and more. And you'll get to hear directly from some amazing YouTube team members, including some incredible content, from the Unskippable Labs team. Now, I've seen this content before, and it's amazing. Uh, I'm so excited about this event. But here's the best part. It's free, but it is invite only, and you do have to apply and be approved to attend because seating is limited. So sorry, no agencies, no service providers. This is just for e-commerce companies. Now, as promised, more about the venue. This will be held at the Spruce Goose Hangar. This hangar was initially built by the mogul Howard Hughes. And if you've ever seen the movie The Aviator with Leonardo DiCaprio, then you know all about Howard Hughes and his Spruce Goose. This hangar was recently renovated in true Google fashion. Now it's a cutting-edge YouTube studio and Google offices, and that's where we're holding this event. It's going to be amazing. So to find out more, to check out the application, Go to omgcommerce.com forward slash YouTube dash event. Again, that's omgcommerce.com forward slash YouTube dash event. I'll also link to the event page in the show notes of this show. And I hope to see you in LA. My guest is Stephen Carl. He's the founder of Needle Movement, a digital strategy company focused on conscious commerce. He got a start in the industry, which we'll hear about in a minute, uh, in 1998, working for an Amazon-funded startup. I can't wait to hear that story. And now he helps e-commerce companies and commerce companies grow and define their mission and be a conscious commerce company. Uh, very, very bright. We'll d- dig into all kinds of strategy and helpful tips and ideas around this topic. And so with that, Stephen, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking the time and really excited to dive into this topic. Thanks so much for having me here, Brad. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about mission and to, and to get more into it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's hear a little bit about your background. I know, and I know you're also running a podcast. So it's always great to chat with other podcasters, which is fun. Um, but yeah, what's your background? What, tell us a little bit about that Amazon-funded startup and how did you get to this place uh, that you're at now? Um, and yeah, I have to say, just even for your podcast and your listeners, um, 
you know, listening to your podcast, it's just, it's been an inspiration for me and, you know, and I love the community that we, um, that we set up. Yes. So to get into, I guess, you know, so the background and, and how I got and, and how we are, we have to go back a, a ways because um, I've been doing this for about 21 years. And it's, you know, for me, I've always, I was really lucky because in 1998, I got to start at a company. And I think just seeing these cycles over 20 years really informs my judgment and opinions. But let's just start at the beginning at this, an, the Amazon funded startup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the name of the company um, was Cosmo.com. And Cosmo.com specialized in one hour delivery of DVDs, food items, and drugstore products. And I was a very early employee there. So I got to see... And this was in 98? That's this was in night, right? So one hour, right? So we, you know, one hour <laughs> delivery in 1998. Talk about being ahead of your time there. That's great. Yeah, and I think you learn also. I, I think it taught me a lesson about timing, because um, you want to be being 20 years ahead is not always the best thing. Right. <laughs> it's good to so be true. so true. You know, but um, so you know, being an early employee there, I think it was like employee number five. I was you, you do a little bit of everything, especially at that time. And so I got to see instant gratification firsthand because I would see these orders come in for a DVD or Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And then in certain situations when we were flooded with orders, I would be out there delivering it. So, you know, so you, someone orders something and seven minutes later, I come with the bag and you just, (laughs) the expression on people's faces was absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you're like a, you're like you're like a genie. You're uh, this this was too too good to be true. Um, yeah, that's that's fantastic. I mean, they, they were getting everybody out there delivering. Uh, that's crazy. So, no, what so was that, the what was the fate of this company? I, I mean, it, I guess it didn't. So it's like okay. So it's you know. So first, it was running in New York City. Um, then it expanded out to about ten different cities. Got um, a lot of venture funding, including Starbucks and Amazon. Um, I think Amazon is so interesting because Amazon Prime, I mean, you know, Amazon Prime is, uh, you know, so this program in some ways was a a granddaddy. Precursor to that, yeah. Um, You know, but, you know, so when, I think it's a lot of, you know, so we, you know, so the company grew and I think at the time, you know, around 2000, from 96 to 2000, the stock market was really encouraging companies to, um, to grow their business and to expand. And then in 2000, there was a big crash and everything was profitability. The, dot, the dot-com bubble. The dot-com bubble. So a lot of companies like Cosmo got caught in this. And actually Cosmo was in the middle of an IPO filing, mm. um, you know, in that. So, you know, I guess the the post-mortem to it is um, the, you know, the, I think the, the company, you know, the, the company didn't last. It was actually bought a few years ago, I think at least the name by someone else, hmm. you know, but I think with it, um, the real message that I learned from it is how important company culture is as you grow. Without a know, doubt. Cause, yeah. Cause everything changes at every plateau of your growth. You know, you're a different company of, uh, when you make a million, you're a different company at 3 million and so on. Um, but also the importance of profitability in a business and how, you can't run out of cash. And I think even when you get investors, you know, there's, there's something to answer to there. And also that, 
you know, there's not an infinite cash supply, that the best way, you know, to fund your company is to be making money and making profit. Through so your maybe, own revenue, through your own profits. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I, I would have loved to have cashed in on the IPO and made my millions, but I think I learned a really valuable lesson early in my career, you know, about the importance. And also even, you know, let's look at Jeff Bezos. He invested $60 million in this company and, wow. you know, and he lost it, but we can argue that he actually made well on his investment because he convinced, you know, this was an inspiration of how Amazon eventually differentiated themselves by offering, differentiating themselves through delivery. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. I never heard the story of this company, but yeah, you wonder, did that plant the initial seeds for the idea of prime and one hour prime? Did it, did it, did it just reinforce the Bezos, the fact that the marketplace wants this kind of instant gratification and, yeah, what did he learn there? And, and if he did learn some substantial things there that helped shape Prime, then I would say that $60 million loss there was not, was not so much of a loss. Right, and you uh, learn from, exactly, you learn, you know, you learn from what works and, and you learn a lot from what, you know, doesn't work at the time. Yep. Um, if you're really interested, there is a full feature documentary about the company called eDreams. eDreams, um, nice. eDreams, so. okay. You know, that's cool, man. We'll, we'll link to that in the show notes for sure. And, and I love the fact that you mentioned this isn't really our topic today, but I'll, I'll just highlight it really quickly. I love that you mentioned culture because that, that's something that, that at OMG we're, we're big believers in, you know, protecting culture, reinforcing culture, hiring for culture, but it does change. Like you hit that $5 million mark mm-hmm. or you hit 40, 50 employees. And when you hit a hundred employees, which we're not, we're not hiring employees yet, but you hit these different milestones and you're like, Hey, it, it, things can shift and things can shift quickly. And if you don't protect that culture, you can lose what made you valuable and what made you tick and what made you successful, you know? And so, yeah, really, really important reminders there for sure. So I can, um, I can move on with, let's see, let me go through the rest of, you know, some of the history. So, yeah. you know, so, I guess for, you know, after that, I would, after Cosmo, I went into, I worked for about, you know, for over a dozen years and I would come in as the first e-commerce hire and for digital marketing, you know, also to bring in the culture and just tell people what they should be doing, how to translate the web to some of these companies that really weren't well-versed in it. My, fortunately I had a great, you know, my first experience was awesome at a company called the 92nd Street Y, which is a not-for-profit. And some people might be familiar with them for the day after Cyber Monday, there is a holiday called Giving Tuesday Hmm. where companies give donations and where people are encouraged to do that. And they were instrumental in launching that holiday. Interesting. And you said the 92nd Street Y, like YMCA? Correct. Very I mean, cool. they're kind of the mother. It's it's really like a university. They have they have a, a wide breadth of programming, but it is a it is a not for profit at its core. Um, you know, and then let's see. So to take that, you know, a further step. Um, you know, in um, let's see, about ten years ago, I, I got into women's fashion and worked with a company called Lafayette One Forty Eight New York, and they do luxury women's wear, and you know how to. So there we went from about $8 million a year in revenue online to $45 million. Wow. You know, about four years later. It's crazy. Yeah. So, and that was just a good mixture of, they had a prosperous catalog business and we were just plugging in digital where we couldn't take advantage of the opportunities like setting up search, good retargeting programs, and even email, just starting that from scratch. 
and leveraging it since it can be so profitable. So after that experience, I had a little courage of saying, hey, you know, I've, I've been doing this inside of a lot of companies. Why don't I work outside of companies and, yeah. you know, get back to that, that vision of, of doing a startup and having my own company. So that's Excellent. what started Needle Movement. Got it. Got it. And then, and then what really drove this, this focus or this desire for mission-driven business mm-hmm. or conscious e-commerce, as you describe it? What, what was kind of the, the motivating factor, the driving force behind that? Great question. I, I think there's a couple of things. I mean, I, you know, for, for us, I, I really see mission-driven marketing as, you know, I see it from a growth perspective because I'm seeing, I think we're in, you know, as someone who's been in the field as, you know, you know, around the same time as you, we both follow these trends and it's been fascinating to watch over the past 10 years, how much, you know, starting with Tom's shoes, um, you know, and even Everlane, which started about maybe eight or nine years ago and seeing these companies grow and just a, a different formation of this economy in a way where there is now this consumer that, expects more from their companies. I think this is a byproduct of social media that social media humanized brands where brands can be humans and heck they have like human names now. Right. But that with that expectation, I think now that we have this personal relationship, the, the consumer is now telling, you know, telling the, uh, the company, okay, well, what, what sort of social responsibility do you have? I mean, I think that's, the professional angle, I see mission as a good extension of strategy. On the personal side, um, you know, um, I'm, you know, I'm a vegetarian, um, and, you know, and you know, and I am, you know, more active on environmental sustainability issues. So I, I see it from that lens as well. Yeah, you know, but yeah. I, yeah, I love it. I, I think there's obviously when you look at mission, we're going to dive into some good examples and talk about specifically how to use mission in your brand positioning and some really helpful practical things. I think what's great about this and, and, and how the marketplace is shifting is now companies can be rewarded for doing the right thing. You know, so, so looking at, Hey, what is a mission that's, that's important to me? Is it, is it focused on, on kids or, fighting poverty or helping the environment or, or a number of things, right? How can I help support that and grow my business at the same time? And, and one of my close friends and, and good uh, we partner on some projects and stuff, Ezra Firestone with Smart Marketer, their, their motto is serve the world unselfishly and profit, right? And that those seem like shouldn't go together, but they can't like doing the right thing, helping people being real, transparent, doing good can help fuel business growth. And I think that it should. Right. And so let, let's kind of dig into this. What, what are maybe some, what are some hangups? Uh, or well, what do you describe what mission is first? And then we'll talk about maybe what are some hangups or things keeping an e-commerce company from being a mission driven e-commerce company? Okay. I, I think mission is, is simply just, you know, tying, you know, really differentiating your company by, you know, broadening the greater good that it can do beyond, you know, beyond just, you know, the selling of a product. So it's, you know, how is it helping the community? How is it helping, you know, whether it's the environment, the community, you know, how is it getting involved in some, it's really, I, I would say, calibrating more because 
you know, you were talking about Ezra Firestone and is, I know just from listening how generous he is and how much knowledge he shares. And we know in the e-commerce community, how much mentoring happens. So, you know, that generosity is in people's DNA. I think it's sort of like our marketing channels where we're all over the place doing a lot of different touch points and, you know, running around with our heads cut off sometimes. A lot of times it's just calibrating and it's saying, okay, you know, in a short way, like what's that one cause that you really believe in that you want to focus your energies on? Yep. You know, yep. and I, and I guess with, you know, to answer, and I think, you know, like you were talking about, right? Like it's, it's so nice that, you know, there's this idea of a um, triple P company that it's, you know, you know, people and, you know, people and profits and planet that, you know, the consumer is changing and that they're rewarding this action, you know, and I think, I think, you know, and that's how it's much different than it was five years ago or 10 years ago, because there wasn't as many people that were going to support these products, Yep. yep you know, yep. but I, I think a lot of times the, the objections in people's heads that come in is, you know, people say, oh, it's, you know, it's not my customer. Um, with millennials and Gen Z, they are over two thirds of them you know, are very concerned about these issues and they're, and they're basing their buying decisions on it. Um, but also the profitability that in many ways, like you're, you can see your mission as a marketing strategy in some instance, because it's going to make your brand more persuasive. So, yep. you know, so those are, you know, so those are the common objections that come in, but it's, you know, we're all, you know, we're, we're definitely focused on making money, having profitable businesses. We know, we have to make money, support our employees, you know, and this is, it fits in nicely right now. Yeah, it, it does. It does. Things have converged to make this a good business strategy as well as, the, you know, the right thing to do. Uh, talk a little bit about who is the conscious consumer and, and how is e-commerce kind of, you know, evolving as a result of that? Okay. So it's, and that's, you know, it, it tends to be a younger consumer that, you know, in those, in the Gen Z and millennial populations, but, you know, even, you know, even beyond that, um, it's just people that, you know, they see their, you know, they, they see their wallet as kind of a, as a way to project on the world that they want, you know, so when they, you know, put those hard-earned dollars and they're going to buy a product, I think also because it's easier to make products these days and the consumer has more choices. So they don't, they don't own, they don't have only five brands to choose from. They have a hundred, you know, so they can be picky. And, you know, with that conscious consumer there, it's, it's, it's fascinating because commerce is tribal. I don't think when I'm talking about the conscious consumer, this is not everybody, mm-hmm. but there is, there is a customer out there that where convenience is not the God. Right. You know, and you're saying, t- this is talking from someone who used to do one hour delivery, but it's not, the end all be all for it, you know? So these are people that, you know, even with Amazon or, or other companies, you know, they're, you know, when they get a package in the mail and, or let's just say they buy a small electronic chip and it comes in a giant package, big turnoff, you know, or, you know, where they see waste, you know, yeah. but I think also, and that another way that explains it is secondhand retail is exploding right now. Um, it is actually projected to rise higher than fast fashion. And that's because people see the utility of, 
I can buy something that's already been used. Um, I can get it at a great price point. It's discounting 2.0. So that's like that's the framework that the conscious consumer sees, sees things a little bit differently. Yeah, I love it. And it's it's, it's quite a shift from, you know, I mean, I, I'm a child of the 80s. Um, born Me too. 80s, grew up and yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of a shift. Like that was all just about consumption and enjoying things and, and really was not much thought given to waste or sustainability or efficiency or any of those things. And so I'm glad, I'm glad the narrative has shifted for sure. Um, let's talk a little bit about brand positioning. So, so an e-commerce company, you know, focused on all, all the things that an e-commerce company has to focus on, building a great product, responding to reviews and customer feedback, making that product better, working on marketing, trying to manage their P&L, you know, all these, all these difficult things. It's so, it's so challenging to make a business work. How does someone make that that transition from maybe maybe they want to be mission driven, but they just weren't in the beginning? They were just focused on their product in the beginning. How do they make that transition? Does it can it be gradual? Does it have to go all in? Like what what does that look like, and how does that impact brand position? Got it. Yeah, it's so you don't have to go zero to sixty miles an hour. Um, there is, I think, it's really having an authentic and transparent voice about what your company cares about. Um, and it, it can even involve, serve, you know, I think it does involve surveying the audience to see also what they care about. Yes. You know, but let's take the example of Everlane. Everlane did not start really as a environmentally conscious brand. They started as a, as a brand that was about transparency and saying, we're going to cut out the middleman, but we're also going to tell you about the factory where it comes from. So I think the, the progress can definitely be gradual and I think even, you know, brands that are in this space, they're not going to create a clothing product that has zero impact. They're working with the materials they have, building and looking at the options and picking gradually, which, you know, what is feasible. Like um, the brand Allbirds, which is the New Zealand sneaker brand. You know, I think one of the founders, I heard him talking about how they know of a material that could be much better, but financially, it's not viable right now. They, they would lose a ton of money Got it. by doing it that way. So, yeah. you know, but I think that's, it's, it, it, is a, it can be a gradual transition, um, but really it's focusing on where, you know, what's that, what are those one or, what are those couple of things that you think make sense and can be your, your stamp? Yep. Love it. So you talk about, you know, being authentic and, you know, people, especially, especially, Millennial and Gen Z, but I think all people to a certain degree have a, a good BS detector. Uh, what, what is what is greenwashing, and and why is that something that that you should probably avoid? Yeah, so greenwashing is when let's see, I'll, I'll tell you a, qu a quick story for uh, my um, during the holidays. Um, you know, my partner she is vegan, and um, we went and I told my I told my mom I'm like, can we get some vegan butter? And she was so nice, and she like went out to the store and she found a product that was vegan butter. And, it, and, I, and we knew it because it, it had this smiley face and it said, it's vegan. Um, but then I look at the ingredients and some of the ingredients were like, you know, it had, it had a couple of oils in it that really were not um, environmentally friendly. Um, so, you know, in that case, like with that company, like they might not have intentionally have done that, but my response right now as a consumer was, was poor you know, was negative because I felt like they were promoting themselves 
one way and then they were doing something else. But greenwashing also is, you got to be careful of how you name drop because if you're, when you're using terms like, you know, sustainable um, or ethical, it's, there should be some thought behind it. It's not a copywriter's job. That's, it's the leadership of the company and finding verified products that, you know, that's what a lot of companies do where they'll, instead of saying, I do this, they will find a third party to verify the claim and then they'll use, they'll put that trust seal on the product page or something to, to reinforce it. But that's the thing about, it's just, I think with greenwashing, it's just about being sincere about that approach, not using it for marketing because it's that bullshit detector. Like people are very wary of it. They are. And and so it's, it's interesting. You know, we talked about how you can, you can serve people and you can serve different communities and you, you can, you can be mission driven and that can lead to increased profits. But if you're only doing it for marketing reasons, right? If you're just saying, yeah, let's just, you know, stamp green on things or say sustainability just for the marketing growth, people usually sniff that out. And and that will typically have the opposite effect. Like if this is not something that's going to have some sincerity behind it, and if you're not going to be transparent about some things, then you probably should just avoid it, right? Because being seen as insincere um, mm-hmm. is, is, is potentially worse. And and so, yeah, greenwashing, probably not a good thing. Um Let's talk a little bit about the 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 mission driven marketing playbook. Uh, what what does that look like, and and how how does someone kind of use mission in their in their marketing? Gotcha. I I really think that mission is it's just an extension of brand, and you know it's an ex, you know it's just a way to talk. Of, it's a way to you take your core story, and you determine what benefit you're providing to the world. Um, and, you know, you put, you know, so it really starts with that, I guess, mission statement or however we want to say, because that's a message that can go everywhere you're marketing, all your touch points. So it's, you know, it's figuring out where it ties in and then, okay, so where this becomes the playbook is now we're going to, now we focus on all the touch, on all the marketing touch points where that message, Sorry, the mission can be communicated. So the website. What I'm seeing now on the website is about us is becoming a larger section. Mm-hmm. People are not just saying, they're not just putting two paragraphs and a picture of a couple of employees. They're really telling, they're, they're using cause to show stories. Um, the homepage, a lot of companies, if they're doing something mission-driven, they will mention it or, or mention just, this is what we're about. Because you're buying our products, we want to tell you a story about us. So it's mission is used as a way to humanize um, the people behind the company. You know, because we're all told that. I mean, I think we've all heard a thousand times, especially your listeners, like it's all about storytelling. You have to tell stories about the brand, and mission gives you the opportunity to say something without having to say buy this, buy now hurry up. Cause that's something that also people are getting a little cautious on, but going back to that playbook. Okay. So the website, the areas to think about are your homepage. I think product pages, there's potential where you can put trust badges below that buy button in some instances to say, 
if there's something that differentiates your product, whether it's mission driven or not, you, you know, trust seals can really work well, but this gives you something else, you know, to talk about. Let's just say the product is cruelty free. If it's in beauty. Um, I'm talking about maybe even creating, creating icons or badges that say things like cruelty free or sustainable or something like that. So creating those. those yeah. Like um, Pura Vita bracelets is another example. They have something on their product page that says our cause. It's not the it's not the only thing, but it's just it's it's in your toolbox. I mean, that's where like mission is. It's just one of the things that's that's in your toolbox that you can talk about. Um. So that's so I guess for the website, that's one element. Then with email marketing, you know, with email, people don't talk about mission all the time, but. I notice with brands like typically on maybe a monthly cadence, they will offer, you know, they will have a more focused non-promotional mission, um, you know, mission perspective. You know, like um, an example of Everlane is on Black Friday that day, um, they were telling people, they were promoting one of their environmental initiatives and saying, give to this fund um, instead of shopping with us on Black wow. Friday. Yeah. So they were, but they were promoting, you know, like there were other days I'm sure that they were getting a lot of business. So it's not yeah. like they said the whole holiday season is a wash. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> it's just save your money this holiday season. Right. Don't shop here. Just get, yeah, yeah. Right. So they it's, weren't doing that. But for, you know, so for email, you know, it's, you know, I, I think in your, you find a way with mission to like, it's in your, it, you add it to your lexicon where, you know, now Everlane, you'll see more on their products, they're mentioning the word sustainable or ethical, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what they regularly post. So they're not telling an entire story about mission, but they're planting the seed by certain words that they're using consistently, you know, and then you go into, um, you know, where with PR, I think when the leaders of the company are talking, they're going to talk about the mission of the company as well and, and, and promote it there or whatever media they're using. And then I guess social media is also the, the content that you're using um, that's related to it's, it's, it just gives you, it's just another story that you can tell um, besides something that's entirely product focused. Yeah. And I love this. And I think it's important to underscore, you know, you still have to have a good value proposition. You know, why does this product exist? What problem is it solving? Why is it desirable? Why is it useful? You know, in the case of Everlane, you know, why would, would females in their demographic choose their leggings over other leggings and stuff like that? And, and, and their, I mean, their positioning is they're comfortable and they're amazing and they, you know, they're, they're really durable and, and whatnot, but they're also sustainable and, and, and they're, they're ethically sourced and manufactured and things like that. And so tying that all together, I think is a really beautiful thing. And, and, and you're right. It does give you in, in social and email and, and other marketing channels, the ability to, to communicate more than just a buy now message, which, which hey, I'm a marketer. I don't mind buy now, but, <laughs> but having something else to say there, like, Hey, we're, we're about more than just making a dollar, right? We're, we're trying to change your life with the product and then, and then others' lives as well and, and create a legacy and, and things like that. So um, really good. Yeah. How else, how else is this impacting the marketing playbook and storytelling and, and things like that? Any, any other thoughts there? I think it's just, you know, marketing is always about marketing is, is mind warfare. It's, it's so psychological and 
with mission, what you're giving is you're giving people just an emotional reason to support you. Yep. You know, you're just, you know, you're tying, you know, cause I think with, I think with brand, it's like, yeah, you know, you have, there are those five brand differentiators where it's like, you know, it's price, you know, then, you know, it could be price. It's the it product. It's the cool factor. Like you were saying, it solves a problem, you know, and then we get into these other ones like planet or helps people. And that's just, and those are tools that, you know, this is slightly ahead of trend, I think, because not as many companies are using it. And when you say, hey, there's a whole other reason to buy our product besides just the great value of the product, you know, it's that, because right now the modern marketing template that I'm seeing, you know, just from clients and elsewhere is it's strong product positioning, you know, really getting in into that product and then mission-driven branding, giving extra values to it. I think another, another thing that a lot of brands can utilize is where this product came from, where this product is made, mm. you know, because it really ties into everything. And, and when people, people want to see that, you know, and, and it could tie into your cause. It doesn't even have to tie into your cause, but you're just showing here's the, here's the factory where this is made. Um, you know, a, a series that Everlane did that was very, you know, I'm not sure if they're still running it, but it was very popular, very effective, was called Hashtag Transparency Tuesdays. Or was Transparency Tuesdays or Thursdays, I forget which one. But right. they would have someone in the office walking around the different departments and people would send questions and they would answer them. So they were, they were really bringing the face of the company out. And I think that's, you know, Mission is really just an extension of humanizing your brand and and making these company, making these people from the company feel like they're in your living room and they're a part of you. Yeah. So let's let's dive into some examples because I think that's that's the best way we learn. This this kind of comes to life and triggers ideas as people are listening to this. So lots of great examples from from Everlane. I love mm-hmm. that. What are some other companies? And then certainly you can mention more about Everlane too. But what are some other companies that are getting this right? And, and what are they getting right? What are they doing that, that's really tying this all together, mission and, and branding and, and just bringing it all home? Okay, I think, um, I think Allbirds is getting it right. Um, they're doing, because they're combining a few different messages. They're telling this romantic story of New Zealand wool, um, which was a, something that was never used in sneakers before. Right, right. They're, you know, they're getting, so, you know, then they're, then they're going after comfort, you know, where they're getting press that says, this is the world's most comfortable shoe. Right, right. Most comfortable shoes you've ever worn, world's most comfortable shoes. Yeah, and, and I've, I have several friends. I've never worn all birds, but several friends who just swear by it that they're, that they're amazing. And then also, and then, then you have the sustainability angle where they're yes. talking about the materials that they're using and how different they are. And it's, it's really, you know, strong product marketing, you know, there. So let's see, another example that's more recent is an underwear company called yourparade.com. Um, and they are really using the mission-driven playbook because um, they are they're offering underwear at a cheap price point. Um, they, are, they are giving to, they're being size inclusive. Yeah. You know, so they're talking about how many sizes they offer. Um, they are donating to female-based charities and highlighting their founder is a woman and they're making from recycled materials. <laughs> so they're, you know, they're like, they've hit the flush on, um, you know, in addition to their branding is this is very bright and happy. Um, 
And that reminds me of another company called Mad Happy. Madhappy.com. They are basics clothing and their cause is mental health. You know, so they're, and they're using mental health as just an overall um, marketing, branding, um, quirky topic. You know, it's, you know, as we know, it's, it's very top of mind, but they also do, you know, they do pop-ups and they sponsor meditations, you know, so that's a way that they're, um, you know, as well as making cool clothing that you can immediately recognize on the street. So they have this stitch that from afar, you could tell it's a mad happy product, you know, so that's a couple, a couple more of them. Yeah, really interesting. I want to maybe underscore something, and I'm seeing this more with brands. You mentioned Parade and inclusivity with with their their models and their marketing, and even on their product detail pages. I'm seeing this with with other brands as well. Everlane does this some. Uh, there's another underwear company that I think gets marketing right and a lot of details right. And that's MeUndies, but they do a pretty good job of you know not not every model is like this chiseled Greek god on the on the <laughs> right, male right. side or on the female side. You know, it's not the typical um, supermodel that that you know only uh, half a percent of the population can identify with. It's it's real people and and there's you know you they're usually smiling and vibrant and I don't know. I think that's a really good trend. Like to me as I look at products, I'm like, okay, well that would, would probably look you know good on me. That's a normal looking dude rather than than you know a bodybuilder or something. Um, do you see that as kind of an extension of the mission or, or do it all kind of ties together or any, any thoughts on inclusivity with, with your marketing? Yes, because it's a cause. I think inclusivity is, yeah, like, I mean, you know, like we could say like LGBT is a mission too. So it's, you know, it's, they, they do, I think they all, you know, there, there's a higher purpose to it. Um, and, you know, I think there's, I think it's important to be, with these terms, I mean, and, and the reason why I'm pausing a little bit is I think that's where the sincerity and authenticity right. goes in because, you know, it's it's not just about, these things can be used for good and bad. And, you know, like we were saying, the in time, the customer can sniff it out. You know, but I would say inclusivity is because we're, you know, is a is a mission of sorts in the sense that you're not giving to charity, but you're you're highlighting the values that you want in a society at large. Yep, you know, you're, you're presenting your company as this is how I want the world to be. I don't want it to just be skinny stick figures. I want there to be people like me who are presented as beautiful. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very know. very powerful. Very powerful for sure. Um, as, as we kind of wrap up, I want to uh, underscore something. I think it's uh, you know this this was hopefully inspirational for people saying okay. There's, there's a mission that I'm passionate about, that our company is passionate about, that we think our audience is passionate about. And so we're going to advance that. I remember, you know, one of my favorite business books and favorite books of all time is, is Good to Great by Jim Collins. And it's one that's, you know, quoted all the time. One, one thing that was kind of interesting that they brought up was, was one of the, the values or one of the things that the great companies, the companies that made the transition from good to great, one of the things they had in common was that they were value-driven. But one thing that was not common was what that value, what those values were, right? Like they, they even talked about, and I almost hate to bring it up, but, but I think it underscores the idea, Philip Morris, you know, made cigarettes and really unhealthy food, right? But their value was, you know, we just want to enjoy like taste. We just want to enjoy things, right? But the whole company rallied around that. 
and that actually helped sustain some of their growth, right? Uh, I think it's important to underscore that as you identify something, this is meaningful to me and to our team. There's probably a market that's going to say, yeah, it's meaningful to me as well, right? So there's it's an environmental issue or it's a, it's a kid, um, you know, poverty issue or it's fighting hunger or it's, it's mental health. Like it doesn't matter specifically what you pick, just that you pick something that it is authentic, that you are transparent about it, and that it does tie in with your brand messaging. Uh, would, would, you, would you agree with that, that it's not as important? Yeah, the, the, you know, as they say, the riches are in the niches. So it's, <laughs> it's um, yeah, there's the internet. I mean, it's, society is very tribal, you know? So it's, you know, and, and people have, even with causes, I mean, people have things that they're, people aren't passionate about every cause, but right. they're passionate about certain ones. So, you know, once you have something that ties in, you can definitely feed into the passion of that audience. And like, and also, you know, with brands, you know, it's not just about getting buyers, but it's also about getting fans, getting community, um, you know, having, cause that's how you build that social proof by right. having a large community that, and once they agree with you on that value, they're in, even if they're not buying your product, they've already hit that first step. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Well, Stephen, this has been great. Let's talk maybe just quickly about some some resources, you know, ways people can connect with you more and hear more about this topic and others that tie into e-commerce strategy. You've got a podcast. So why don't you talk about the podcast real quick? And then let's <laughs> I talk appreciate about your, that. Your yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, the, the, you know, the Needle Movement podcast is... Um, you know, for me, I, I have heard the, the term move the needle a million times. And <laughs> it's really, um, you know, it's just about how um, businesses can, you know, I work in digital strategy and it's how they can efficiently navigate this complicated world of digital marketing, you know, to, you know, to move things forward. Um, so we get into a lot of different topics. It's not entirely e-commerce. Like recently I did a, a, an episode on mental health. Um, you know, but it's, you know, it's really just tying into the challenges that, you know, that emerging business leaders have, um, and how we can help, you know, support them and also have a little bit of fun at the same time. Um, with, so that is the needle movement podcast, um, in terms of the resources, you know, or I guess I should just mention with needle movement, like, you know, it's, um, some people call it, I, I essentially call it a second brain to companies, um, where, Companies are really overwhelmed and they often don't have time to see what the most important emerging trends and the best way to make profit is. Like I love email marketing, for example, for that reason, you know, but needle movement, whether you could call it a coach, a virtual CMO, a digital strategist, doesn't matter, but it's, it's to be that hotline, to be that second brain to businesses. For the resources, um, I'm going to, I will, you know, in the show notes, um, we can go through a lot of examples so that I think the most powerful thing is to look at these websites and, you know, follow them. Agreed. They see what they're doing. Email list. Like check, check out their site so that you, they'll remarket to you. Get on their email have, list. Check out social media. Watch, watch their marketing and their messaging. Absolutely. And, we'll share, and we'll, share a, we'll share a cool tip with the audience. Um, there's a website called milled.com. And on that website, you can follow all of a brand's emails. So instead of, you know, so you could subscribe as well and see how it looks in your inbox, but you could also quickly search nah. and say, hey, what did, what are all the emails that Everlane put out? Dude, in the that's past a year? great, that's a great resource. Yeah. Because I always find like, I'm like, you know, I, I, I 
teach and encourage people, hey, go get on email list because you're going to learn a lot. And I do the same myself. And then I'm like, holy crap, I've got so many emails coming in. This is un- unbelievable. Yeah, I'm on mill.com right now. Look at this. You got Nasty Gal there. You got uh, Rulala. I mean, all kinds of stuff. And you see, you look at their emails. That That's a great resource. That's fantastic. Cool. And so we'll, and we'll also include like the... Uh, you know, the, the brands that were mentioned and just, if you look at five or six of them, it's going to be like that game. What is it called? Like product hunt where you just spot where people are mentioning mission on the page or you spot what's different about the image and you can, you can see it pretty quickly and even going through. Yeah. Like going through their touch points as well. Yep. And you've got a link to the email or the Everlane email blast where they're talking about mission and supporting a cause rather than just shopping. And so we'll link to that as well. So it'll be great. And then, um, yeah. And, f- and to reach out to me directly, um, go to hello at needlemovement.com. And I look at all of those emails and answer them. Awesome. Fantastic. Steven, thanks for taking the time, man. This was really fun. This was a, a really important topic. I think it's, this is a topic that's going to be relevant for some time to come for the foreseeable future. And it's something that 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 all e-commerce companies will be thinking about and, and strategizing about and and watching and, and learning from. So really appreciate you taking the time. And yeah, go check out needlemovement.com. Go check out that podcast. Yeah. Thanks again for having me and for and for sharing this topic of mission right now. Absolutely. Glad to do it. And with that, uh, we'd love to get uh, that five-star review from all of our listeners, if you feel so inclined. We'd also like your feedback. What would you like to hear more of? Give us topic suggestions, suggestions for guests. We're always open to that as well. And so with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.